When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Told you we're going to try to get back to it. Uh, hope everybody's doing well. We're getting into the weekend. Hopefully the weather's changing. We're getting a little warmer here. Um, so hope everybody's doing well. Welcome, welcome back. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please, please hit that like button and the subscribe button. It really helps the show out tremendously. Just, you know, to do that for me would be greatly appreciated. Um, if we get more likes and more subscriptions and grow this thing, I'm looking to do, you know, I have some merch. If you go into the description below, there's merch. Maybe I'll do merch giveaway. I'll do something, you know, things will happen. We just got to grow the show. If you're listening to an audio form, it can be listened to wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, self, you know, plug that in. Please rate it and follow it. Be a friend, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Um, today, we're going to discuss two things. One, the Los Angeles Lakers stink, and we're going to have to discuss LeBron James again because the Los Angeles Lakers stink. And then we'll talk a little bit about the MLB lockout. I am not as well educated on it as others. Who really knows? But I'm here to tell you that it's not all just the owner's fault, and it's not all just the player's fault as to why you may not have Major League Baseball for a while 
and or at all. So if you like and subscribe, follow, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Greatly appreciate it. We'll try to do giveaways as long as we grow the show. We got to do things to get it bigger. So here we go. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Billy Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to BillyUpSports.com, check out all the blogs and podcasts and stuff there. Be greatly appreciated. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics, books, and drills. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and click on back to the basics drill manual section, uh, you'll be able to find everything there for football coaches to get back to the basics. His very first book is over 500 pages of drills, so there is, you'll never have to look up another drill again, I promise. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. So, the Los Angeles Lakers stink. They suck. Let's just be real and call it what it is. They are not very good. Now, I'm going to start this off by saying, NBA in general, now I'm a Bulls fan. I have been a Bulls fan since birth because I was born in Illinois. And in Illinois, you rooted for either the Cubs or the White Sox, but I'm a Cubs fan. You rooted for, when I was growing up, then you rooted for the Bulls. You root for the Blackhawks. Now, college could be anything. You root for U of I, you root for Northwestern, whatever, and you root for the Bears, or where I grew up, you root for the Bears, or you root for the Indianapolis Colts, because Indianapolis was not that far away. But you're a Bulls fan. And when I was born, Michael Jordan was around. You watched Michael Jordan. Everybody knows my feelings on that, who is the greatest of all time. Then we talk about Kobe Bryant, who is, I think, the second best, you know, right, right there, if you're watching on video version. Like I said, if you're watching the video version, I'm trying to get a background. I know a bookshelf might look better, but I want to show how I'm a Bears, Alabama, Cubs, Kobe. Um, I'm a coach. Kids made that. It's great. The Lakers stink. And what I'm sick and tired of is excuses being made for LeBron James, which I've said many of times. LeBron James is not the GOAT, nor will he ever be the GOAT. Things have to happen for him to be the GOAT, and that ship has sailed. I don't give a rat's ass about how many finals he's been to. Who cares? Who cares? Have you ever heard the quote, people more remember more about the person that won than who got there? I think Ray Lewis, I'm paraphrasing, but you know Ray Lewis said that, I believe, in the NFL. No one cares about who got to the Super Bowl. They care about who won. LeBron is the first player who we care about who got there. Oh, my God, he's been to 10 NBA Finals or whatever it is. That makes him the GOAT. I didn't know just getting there made you the GOAT. I didn't know just showing up to work. Eh, Sometimes, I guess, when people show up to work, they get paid. But I didn't know just showing up lets you keep your job and get paid. I didn't know as a coach just showing up. You won't get fired and you won't get better. I didn't know as a player when you just showed up and didn't finish that you win the game or get successful. Now, LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players we've ever seen. He's not in my top two. He's probably not even my top five. He's probably top five. I'm not going to get too crazy. Probably top five. But he's not top two. He's not top three. He's probably number five. And the list will change every time. I, I'll have to come out with my top ten because I'll take Kobe and Michael and Shaq and Magic Johnson and you know, I may put him at six. I might even take Larry Bird. I think Larry Bird's a better shooter in the things that Larry Bird did. LeBron James has just too many things going on for him. You've, you know, you're four and six in the finals. So if you lost six, you won four, but whatever. One of them was a COVID year. So to me, that's an asterisk. Now, at the end of the day, yes, technically you win. 
But it's how LeBron James carries himself. He's done some good things, the school and everything else. But the stuff with, you know, overseas, um, some of the things he puts out on social media, how he wants to continue to talk about in the public eye about how he's the greatest player of all time. He's even said that. He said on that dumb HBO show, which I'll never watch because it's his. Whatever it is, getting a haircut and talking at the shop. I don't understand how that works. Talking about in a press conference before, I'm the greatest player of all time. He's holding the microphone just like this. Well, I'm the greatest of all time. It's just that simple. Saying it in that shop about when he came back and beat the Warriors, he goes, that's when I knew. That's when I knew I was the greatest of all time. Really? That's the moment? Now, I give him credit. I will give that 100% credit. But on the flip side of that, people like to talk about that Warriors team as the greatest team of all time because of the record. And this is why numbers matter, but also don't matter at the same time. I will take the Bulls on that win and loss record over the Warriors. I will take the early 2000 Lakers and Kobe and Shaq to beat the Warriors. Well, the Warriors will shoot threes. You got to make the damn threes, guys. You live and die by it. And that year, they won. They lived by it. They just didn't finish. LeBron played well in that finals. Kyrie Irving played well in that finals. The rest of the team played well in that finals. That was a finals where LeBron actually led and was a leader to get the rest of the team to play well because I will never forget he on the Cavaliers the first go-around how they would win in the East, and back then the East was terrible until Derrick Rose came with the Bulls. Um, you had Dwayne Wade in the Heat, but, they, but there was good teams, but it wasn't the West, where they would win 50, 60-some games, and all I would hear is how, well, since they won 60-some games or whatever, they're going to go on and win the finals, and then if they wouldn't get there and they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever it was, well, it's because of his the team around him. Well, the team around him was never the issue during the regular season. So you got guys like sometimes Stephen A. Smith. You got guys guy like Nick Wright, who's a buffoon. You've got other people who are just blumbering idiots that will come back and take all of that away. They weren't a problem in the regular season. So why is it a problem in the postseason? Well, then it becomes, well, LeBron James is averaging X, Y, and Z and ABC. He needs help. That's all I kept hearing was it's a team that wins. And I could sit there and agree with people to talk about how a team needs to win. But you have to be consistent with your argument. And sometimes I'm not. I'm not saying it's perfect, the three people that listen to this. But some of the people out there that go, well, hmm. LeBron leads this team, but then when it comes to them losing, well, it takes a team, though. Oh, but what else is he supposed to do? He doesn't have teammates. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, you guys realize and be educated, they didn't win right when he they got Scottie Pippen. Michael Jordan didn't inherit year five Scottie Pippen. And I don't care what Scottie Pippen says. There's documentation and factual, you know, if you do want to look at stats, he got better playing with Michael Jordan. Same thing with Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe. Shaq was traded to Los Angeles from Orlando. Well, I think I can't remember if he was traded a free agent, but he ended up there for a lot of money. Then they draft Kobe. Took a couple, took, took, they went right away. People like to think they did. Shaq was starting to become into the big Shaq. The diesel. And Kobe wasn't even in his prime and did well. Kobe got, or LeBron got Dwayne Wade, who was in his prime. 
Chris Bosh, who is in his prime, Bird, who is in his prime, Chalmers, who developed into a point guard, got a Ray Allen. I don't care if he averaged nine points. He's a shooter, and that's what they do. That's what he was brought there for. So brought guys around and got some guys that were in their prime, some of it after, but that's the thing. So it always is a back-and-forth thing. It's a, you know, they flip-floppers of LeBron James. Uh, they'd be great politicians. They'd be great whatever. There's just a lot of flip-flopping. You know, some of the fans I interact with who I know personally, they flip-flop, change it all the time. You've got people on TV that spew crap out of their mouth about this. So my argument's always been, well, if he's as good as you say he is, he doesn't need, you know, Kyrie Irving or Dwayne Wade or whoever. He doesn't need this. If he's that good, he doesn't talk in the media. Now, I guarantee you Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant probably said they're the greatest of all time off the camera, and that's great. Off the camera's fine. But they never came on and said it because, and Michael said this before, and even Shaq has said this before, like, yes, they want to they want to play like they're the greatest of all time. They want to, you know, act like it sometimes. But it was almost disrespectful to the guys that came before, like Bill Russell and Magic Johnson and Kareem and everybody else. That's what they looked at it as. And LeBron sometimes talks about that. But then you keep saying, well, I'm the greatest, blah, blah, blah. This. You got to look at errors, look at this, but whatever. So the Lakers stink. Now, coming in here, they had Anthony Davis. They have LeBron James. But then they got Russell Westbrook. They have Carmel Anthony, who, you know, is a little older, but has some wisdom and, and everything else. The amount of stuff I saw how this roster was going to do so well and win a championship was mind-blowing. You got Kendrick Perkins, who is one of the biggest – pancake flippers I've ever seen flip-flops back and forth about who's the greatest of all time each day. Every day, I guarantee, out of that guy's mouth who, yes, he played in the NBA, but he needs to find a different career because for a guy that played in the NBA, you can't look at players and evaluate players the way I think you can. I never played in the NBA, and I can figure it out. And for a guy that's never played in the NBA, uh, played in the NBA cannot figure out how to look at this. And you guys got Stephen A. Smith that flip-flop. I used to like Stephen A. Smith. He's he's off the rails, uh, you know, and everybody else to talk about this and that, how great this Lakers team is. Well, now they're not – right now the Lakers, they are ninth in the West. They are 27-35. and 35. They lost to the Clippers last night. Does everybody realize that? 132 to 111 to the Clippers, who are not the Clippers from years ago, a couple years ago, who were poised to go win an NBA title. Now, the NBA overall stinks, and, and you know, I kind of got away from that. The Bulls are a good young team. They got good things around. I pay attention to the NBA. I don't sit there and watch every game like I used to, but I keep tabs. But the Lakers are ninth in the West. LeBron has put out there, he apologized to fans, and they'll get it, and they have it. And the, and the thing here is, if LeBron is as good as you all think he is, why are they ninth in the West? It comes back to they will say how the roster is bad. If the roster is bad, say it's bad at the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, all you heard was, well, because they have LeBron James, they have Anthony Davis, and blah, blah. Well, it becomes, well, Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. Fallow point. I get it. But here's my problem. You guys that talk about how good he is, why does it matter if Anthony Davis is hurt? Now, it means a lot because Anthony Davis is good. I get it. But the way you spew the toxic crap out of your mouth, LeBron shouldn't need him if he's that good. Well, LeBron's a leader, too. I have 
this just made my day when this came out. If LeBron cared about winning, LeBron, I think, cares too much about off-the-court stuff. The reason why Michael, now Michael is a little different. He's gambling, he's playing golf. But he wasn't doing politician stuff, making political statements. He had a shoe thing, but he wasn't doing all this stuff off the court. He was doing things t- t- to have that competitive edge and everything else. LeBron cares too much about what's happening off the court. He cares too much about posting wrong political statements. He's too worried about being quick first on Twitter or Instagram to post a picture about something. And then he makes he'd be a great politician, a great freaking politician. Because he's too worried about that stuff. He's too worried about what people think about him. He's too worried about this. Kobe Bryant would not give a rat's ass about people around him. LeBron is too worried about people talking to him on the court. And I'm going to probably bring that up after this thing next. But he's too worried about what people say to him on the court. He's too worried about Instagram. He's too worried about Twitter. He's too worried about things around. And I think that's why they're struggling this year. He's too worried about playing with his son here in a couple years. Well, I'm sorry, LeBron. How do you know he's going to make the freaking NBA? How do you know the Cavaliers? He wants to go back to the Cavaliers. Talks about that. People want to talk about Aaron Rodgers being a distraction, talking about maybe retiring, which I'm going to do a whole other thing on Aaron Rodgers, like a podcast later. But what about LeBron James? Hold accountable media because the media sucks. And if LeBron's a great leader, if LeBron cares, he would do everything. You would have to carry him off the court, not for a cramp, but because he literally has nothing left. Nothing. Let's look at the effort here. Now, LeBron can be frustrated. I'm sure there's videos of other great players out there that do something like this. But if a guy cares... And a guy wants to get his team to the playoffs and try to give a chance. If you are the greatest of all time, you this is unacceptable. And we saw in the bubble how players in the NBA reacted to how he said things like, you don't talk to me that way. I don't think he's a great leader. And this kind of proves it. LeBron's coming down. He's posting up. He wants the ball. They don't get it to him. They shoot it. He watches, then stands. This right here, as a coach, I don't give a rat's ass if I if it's LeBron James. I would be I guarantee Phil Jackson would pull his ass and say, "What the hell is wrong with you?" and say other colorful things. Let's rewind this. He's a big baby. Passes it. He's looking. He's trying to find a spot. He's posting up. Maybe they don't have the good angle. The ball goes up, and he stands there to watch instead of maybe boxing that guy out, get the rebound, and slam dunk it. Ball goes up. His other teammates are fighting. They're fighting. He stands there and watches. He's like, oh, he stole the ball. Post up, post up, give me the ball. First of all, how is this not a three-second violation? I want to go back. Let's see. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. I'm going to get the ball back. One, two, three, four. Post it up. Doesn't fight, doesn't fight. Then he has this attitude Jogs back down the court. They come down. They slam it down, and he just stands there, and he's frustrated. And I get it. I understand it. But if you're a leader, 
if you're quote unquote the greatest of all time and you want to get this team to the playoffs, you have to do everything in your power to get them there. And I go back to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant had a bad team when Shaq left. A lot of pieces were gone. They were young. They had some bad pieces. Smush Parker was the point guard. Kobe had to do everything in his power to get them there, whether it was scoring, assists, playing defense, do everything in his power. And they got to the playoffs. Michael Jordan tried to do the same thing when he was older to try to get the Wizards to do that. If LeBron's as good as everyone says he is, that's this right here is a bad thing. Now, could we find videos of other guys doing the same thing? I'm sure. I'm sure. But the reason why this is such a bigger deal is because of LeBron talking about himself, of doing this, of saying that. You got the media spewing over this. That's why it's a bigger deal than if you find videos on other people. This is why. So if LeBron's as good as you all think he is, why do the Lakers ninth in the West? I don't want to hear the excuse of the roster. For some of you, some of you fans out there say, okay, LeBron is good, but the roster is not doing what they need to do. He's doing what he can, but at the end of the day, it takes a team. Okay. But the people out there that talk about how LeBron's the greatest of all time, he can walk on water. He's Jesus. You know, and they make excuses and say, well, look at this, look at that. Well, guess what? If he's as good as you say think he is, he needs to will the team. He needs to do more. Well, he's old. Well, he's old. Okay, now you're making excuses, but now I can have a conversation and say, well, okay, he's old. So he can't do things that normally could. Okay, we, we agree with that. But then don't sit there and when he has a good game and say he's the greatest of all time because of this. No, you just told me he was old. Can't do it. LeBron is still a good player. LeBron's still a good player. But, one, he's lost a step, I think. I don't care about the stats. Stats tell me nothing. Because a lot of that, I guarantee, he's been in the games when they're losing by 25 and there's four minutes left, three minutes left. You're not coming back. He stays into patent the stats because people put so much stock into what the numbers are. Well, this and that. He wants to look good. He wants to have the stats so he can be a part of the narrative and people can have that topic and conversation and say, well, he's averaging 28.8 points a game and getting this many rebounds, has this many assists, and that's why he stays relevant. If he gets pulled out when they're losing, doesn't get that all the time. So it doesn't help. Then it comes to his son. Then you make comments about you want to play until you play with your son. Cool. I think that's a cool thing. I'm not going by that. That's cool. But two things. One, what makes you think he's going to go to the NBA? That's my thing. Well, Steve, have you watched him? He's pretty good. Yeah, he played a school here in Illinois versus Glenbard West. People said he was good, but how do you know? Uh, doesn't he have to play a year in college first? Or are you going to have him play overseas for a year? Are the rules going to change that he knows of and we don't? And then he says, wherever he goes, I'll be there. If this type of play continues and LeBron's son actually gets drafted, okay, the team that drafts him, what if they don't want you? What if this decline keeps happening because Father Time catches us all and they don't want you? Do you think that you're... You own people 
Do you think that you can tell people what to do? Do you think that this team, and you can go up to the general manager and owner and say, sign me, I'm going to play a year with my son. But what if they can get a different guy that's going to produce more for them and they don't want to pay you the money? LeBron just thinks he can kind of do what he wants because he thinks he's the greatest of all time. It's really cool you want to play with your son. But that's going to be a little bit. This decline of his before father time starting to catch up. Quit thinking that you can do what you want, LeBron. I just want people to know. The Lakers. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Stink. They stink. LeBron's too worried about other things. LeBron's too worried about what fans say to him. Now, fans can say stupid things. Fans can say racist things. There is no place in this world for that at all. You do not say racist things to those players. I don't care how much money you paid for. You paid $5,000 for that ticket. You don't have the right to say things to them. But here's the other thing. Fans are going to talk shit to you, LeBron. You've seen it for years. They're going to make your mama jokes. Now, if they threaten. Now, here's the other thing, which is a little little gray area. If a fan is looking at somebody and they threaten his wife, your wife, your kid, your whatever, and they threaten Two things come to my mind. One, they're just saying it to get under your skin. But two, with the way the world is, yeah, don't say that either. So fans, you need to take a step back and realize you can't threaten and you can't say racist things. But LeBron and Russell Westbrook are kind of in the same. It's noise. I tell the basketball players I have and football players, especially basketball because you're close to the fans that sit right behind you, and usually they're away fans, and you can hear things. It's hooping, hollering, and talking, and, I, and it's nothing what NBA players probably hear. But always, it's noise. Now, sometimes I hear it as a coach. As a player, I tell the guys it's just noise. It's, you know, people talk. There's a lot of shit talking that goes on on the court, so LeBron's too worried about fans and what they say. And here's the thing, when you're struggling, your team's struggling, you allow outside things that don't matter, that aren't on the court or on the field or in the locker room, on the bench, to really sink in. Then we have to take LeBron's word on what the fans say. Did they really say a racist thing? Are you trying to bring attention to yourself? Are you trying to stop the game for a second? Are you trying to... Say, well, write the story on this instead of how bad we're playing because I'm not a leader and I'm not as good as everyone thinks I am. Now, Steve, that's really reaching. And I know. But you're telling me we have to take LeBron's word on this. Now, I believe there's been a couple times here, especially the last two, I don't know about two years because we had COVID, but where it's true, fans have come out and said, well, yeah, this fan actually said this. It was reported that it was true, whatever. But you're telling me I have to take LeBron's word on it. I don't trust that. I don't trust that because we're not there. We're not there. The ref, even if you tell the ref, the ref's probably like, 
I got to take your word on it. I didn't hear it. You know? So LeBron is too worried about what fans are saying. LeBron, you need to get some thick skin. Unless they're threatening someone in your family, which again, I, I the three people that listen to this can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Do they actually mean it? Probably not. But in the world we live in, especially with the stuff going on, I understand 110% why you're like, maybe we should pay attention to that guy because he threatened something with me. Says something racist? Yeah. Got to be brought up. But you got to realize, LeBron, and you should know this, fans talk. They're going to say things to you underneath your skin. College basketball, NBA, NFL. Happens on the court. It's going to happen from there. He's too worried about Twitter and posting political stuff. He's too worried about outside things. He's not focused. Doesn't seem from the outside looking in that he's fully focused on the team. He's more focused on like, well, when my son gets to the NBA. Okay, if you want your son to get to the NBA, which is a cool thing, then quit or retire. Focus on that to get him to the NBA. Yeah, it's cool. You want to play with your son and get it, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen either. Quit worrying about the fans are saying. Worry about your team. Worry about trying to play better. Worry about trying to get the team to the playoffs because right now you, LeBron, stink, and the Lakers stink, and it's on your shoulders because you have downed yourself the greatest of all time. So guess what? It is on you on the court to not perform like that because the players around you will see that. If he can play like that, I'm going to play that way too. Step up and lead your team. Quit being a crybaby. Quit worrying about your HBO show. Quit worrying about what the fans are saying. Quit worrying about your son. It's cool you're worried about your son getting into the NBA. Quit worrying about yourself saying that you're going to play with your son because it's about you. Quit it. Lead your team because you stink. Stink. Just terrible. Terrible basketball. All right, football coaches, if I still got your attention, we're coming up on some of your spring seasons. We're getting closer to summer. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's time to buy this product because your linemen take a lot of hits. They don't hit with their head, but they hit every single play. So when we get into the summer, the helmet's on, you're in the season and practice. They take a lot of blows, man. So there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows those guys are taking each and every week, and it's Guardian Caps. where they It's, it's a cap. It's going to reduce uh, up to 33% of the impact, which is huge. It goes over the helmet. It absorbs everything. So it helps keep the helmet. You know, when you send it to be reconditioned, it's going to keep it in good shape. It's going to help protect any type of blow to the head. And, and football is 10 times safer, 20 times safer than it was when we all played football, which is fantastic. Um, it was safe then. It's even way safer now with the technology, so it's going to absorb everything. Um, so if you go to Guardian Sports, if you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps and use the code 15OFF, it's going to save 15% off your order. It's worn by f- over five NFL teams and over 200-plus colleges like Alabama, Georgia, Penn State, big-time schools. So I'm here to save you money. So if you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps, use the code 15OFF, it's going to save 15% off your order, whether you're buying one, two, three, four, five, or 100, it's going to save you money. So go do that. You know, help those big guys out. You can't without the big guys. Thank you, Guardian Sports and Guardian Caps, for sponsoring the podcast. We'll, we're going to talk about it real quick. MLB has a lockout. And it's about money. 
It's about playoffs. I'm not as educated on this because it's a little bit everywhere. A little bit everywhere. You know, the report's a little bit all over the place. There's a lockout for a new bargaining agreement. People are quick to blame the owners. They're really quick to blame the owners because the owners are billionaires. Some millionaires, but billionaires. And the thing with owners and players is owners want to make money. The players are the ones that are producing on the field and they deserve money, right? And there's things that have to be agreed upon. You know, players want the free agent age, I believe, to be 29. So kind of like a rookie deal in the NFL where you sign your rookie deal and then you become a free agent, kind of go where you want. I think MLB kind of wants the age to be brought down. So I think where they don't have to have such a long contract, you know, once they get to a certain age, they become a free agent and bounce around. They're not stuck somewhere, especially if it's a losing team situation. Um, I know they want to bring a salary cap into it because the salary cap's crazy. People are making money out the wazoo in baseball. I know they want to talk about, you know, making the playoffs 12 teams, I believe, and talk about the money because the revenue and the players getting this and this and that. But what I'm here really quick because I don't know all the ins and outs, but I'm going to tell you in a general term because I'm a simple person. I'm a general, you know, generally simple person. When we see lockouts, it's all about the owners because people are going to say the owners are selfish because they want money. And sometimes that's true because sometimes the owners probably think, well, this is my team. I don't know the owners. So maybe the owners want to be relevant. Uh, They want money. These players are making a ton of money. They want to make money. But there's a lot of pressure, I think, I believe, in Major League Baseball. And I'm just going to go from like a Cubs term. The Ricketts family has money, but the way the family's set up, like it's, I think it's in bonds or CDs or something. But a lot of money goes into baseball. I think they have to have 162 games in order to pay some of these players because the, the, the salaries are just crazy. Just crazy. But they have to renovate the stadium because now it's about stadiums and clubhouses and they have to be, you know, like Wrigley Field's always been known as like this crappy field. They've done a lot better. But that costs a lot of money. Um, you're paying these players so much money because of all the games they're playing. You're playing for all the travel. The amount of travel is crazy. Um, you got the hotels and the food. you got to pay for all that stuff. And then these players have got to be making millions and millions of dollars. So players, I think, want like the minimum to be, I think it's like seven or $800,000. They want the free agent you know, thing changed. And then like um, – the, the, the tax thing and all this stuff. There's a lot of back and forth and meeting and trying to figure this out. But don't be so quick to blame the owners. Okay. Now, as an owner, they want to have more money than a player. Obviously, like managers make more than people above them. The owners want to make money too. But you got to keep the workers happy, right? And that's what this is. Baseball is a job. It's a job. But let's not so be quick to blame the owners. Players are getting some blame too. Because here it's what it comes down to for me. And I've always wondered this because I've never been in this situation. When's a, when is enough money enough? Right? Now we go by value. Right? Because do you guys do things for free? Probably not. Coaching world, when you first get into coaching, you're probably going to have to volunteer and do it for free. And then when you volunteer and do it for free you quickly realize how valuable your time is. So that's why 
you're not getting as much volunteers, probably as much, unless your job is so secure and you make a lot of money or a decent amount of money. It doesn't matter. But like football coaching, even high school, takes a lot of time. So that's why a lot of us, especially me, I'm in a position where I volunteer, but I'm in a position now where I won't do it for free. I understand my value. Got to make money. Same thing in pro sports. They understand their value. So I never understood when, you know, if a player is making, let's just say $5 million even, $5 million a year. Well, for me, I'm sitting here going $5 million. Holy hell. You give me $5 million. I may not have to work for years. But some of these guys out play for three years, and in those three years, they make $15 million. That's a lot. That's a lot. Do you, you know, and this is the low ball, and there's people out there that make $100 million within a matter of five years or six years. So from, and then they get, and that's just their contract. Now there's taxes on that stuff. So it's a little less than what you think. Like NFL, when we see a guy's making $32 million, he's probably making 24. But it's still a lot of money. But it's, you know, Major League Baseball is a lot different with their luxury tax and all this stuff and the amount of money they make, guaranteed money too. When you see someone guaranteed like $20 million, you're like, oh my God, I want $20 million. And then people want more money because they look at their value. And then you've seen documentaries about how people go broke because they have an image. They think they have to have the most expensive cars. They have to have a lot. When a guy comes in wearing a you know $50,000 chain and the next guy's going to come in and say, well, I've got a $100,000 one. It's like an image thing to show that they're better. And I've never quite understood that because I'm not there. Never had that money. But I also think sometimes it's a slap in the face to people like us who maybe we live paycheck to paycheck. Maybe we can only save 50 bucks to 100 bucks a month. Um, you know, we pay our bills. We have money to do this, but we don't We don't have that. And, and these guys are playing a game. They're playing baseball. They're playing basketball. They're doing football. And I've never understood why when's enough money enough. Now, they go by their value. If you're the MVP of the league and you're winning this, you're getting close to championships, or, you know, you're hitting this many home runs and this stuff, you're the best player on the team, you'd think, okay, well – And you compare it, and it's just over the years, and each sport has kind of gotten a little bit crazy because you compare it to so-and-so. Well, so-and-so is making so much money, and I have better numbers, or I do this better. Why am I not making that money? And I get it, but then that's where players and owners have kind of this even thing because the player can look at and say, well, you're getting this much revenue or the owners, well, you're worth this amount, much, much amount of money. You're getting this amount of money. You can afford it. You know, that type of thing. Or like, well, you're getting this much money. I know I could get this much money. And this is a problem in all sports. I think over the years, I just kind of got crazy, but as players, they have to look at it as well, especially like NFL where, well, look at all the money they make or the team makes or whatever it is. You know, so we want this money. And same thing with baseball. They look at it and say, well, look at the TV revenues. Look at the, the jersey revenue. Look at the ticket revenue. Look at the food revenue. You know, whatever. Taxes and stuff that they get. Whatever it is. And they make the money. So they're like, well, I can get this money. I just always wondered, though, like, when's enough money enough? Like, in this lockout, if a brand new... Or let's just say minor league baseball or something like an XFL comes along just kind of like that and for baseball right now. Let's say it just popped up tomorrow and looked at some of these major league baseball players and say, hey, there's a lockout. You're not going to get paid. We'll pay you hundred grand to come play baseball. Would they do it 
or 200 grand or 300 grand, would they do it? Some are going to say no because they want the money. Some are going to say yes because they love the game and they want to make some money. So I've always wondered why some amount of money is never enough. And I'm not necessarily hating, I'm hating the game. I'm not hating the player. I'm hating the game a little bit here where if that money's out there to be made, you got to make the money and then this and that. But I've always wondered that. Why, if you're making $8 million a year, are you spending $8 million a year? If so, you need to reevaluate your life. If I had $8 million a year, I'd like to sit here and think, if I really wanted to, I could maybe spend a million a year. And you're like, a million? Well, psh, probably go buy a 500. I see people buy these millions of dollar houses. If I Now, again, I'm not there. But if I was making $8 million a year, I like to sit here and think I'd maybe only buy, I'd like to be a little bougie and be like, you know what? I'm going to go buy a $500,000 house, $600,000 house, big enough. There's plenty of them. I've seen them. I live in the suburbs. I see them. Buy that house. Uh, probably own probably four cars. So right there, I'm not going to, I'm a person that's not going to buy those, these, like I would like a truck and an SUV. Well, right there's probably 150 grand. So now if you buy a $600,000 house, let's say you spend $300,000 on four cars. Well, there's $800,000. Now you got 200, I still have 200,000 left. Like I'd probably buy the house outright, buy those cars outright. If you're paying me a million dollars a year or whatever it is. Now I've got 200 grand left. Like, that's food and this and that. Now, obviously, if you do that your first year, then you're not doing it your second year. So in your second year, you know, you're making another. But see, that's just, a, not, I mean, I'm talking about a million. If you did all that just to say you have the house and the car, that's still $7 million left that year that you make. So then it's like, okay, so let's just say I keep hundreds of thousands of dollars to spend. The rest of it can be saved, invested, and doing this, doing that. Make sure your parents are taken care of, you know, whatever. Put some away for a college fund for kids and this and that. So that's why I never understood why. What are you doing with your money? Never understood that. Now, I'm not saying I'm the best with money, but that's where this lockout, I'm a little off, but that's where this lockout thing is happening where now they've got to meet in the middle. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Like, you put peanut butter on both sides right now. That's what's happening. Now they got to get to the middle where the jelly is. If you put peanut butter on just one bread, piece of bread and jelly on the other, I'm judging you a little bit. But you got to get in the middle here. And we're so quick to blame owners because they have the money and this and that. The owners want something and the players want something. They've got to be in the middle. And the reason why baseball owners and stuff don't make money right in the first beginning of the season. Spring ball does not make them money. The first month of baseball does not really make the money. You want to know why? Basketball's still going on. Baseball's played outside. Now, some places maybe, you know, you're down in the southern states. Yeah, people may go. But up here, do you think people are going to Wrigley Field or the White Sox Field? Are they going to a Boston Red Sox game, Yankees game? When it's 30 degrees and windy and it's raining and maybe still flurries of snow? No. They want to go in May when it's a little warm. End of April, beginning of May when it's getting a little warmer. They want to go in June and July, August and September and all that stuff. So they don't really make that much money at the beginning. So that's why they're okay. These owners are okay because they're going to look at it and be like, you know what? We've got money. Team's got money. We don't really make money at the beginning. We're good to sit out. So 
again, I don't have all the stuff that's really going on with it, but I'm here to tell you, we're so quick to blame owners and we're so quick to blame players. Why not blame both? It's both their faults. Players want something. Owners want something. You've got to meet in the middle. And it comes down to really, when's enough money enough? And sometimes I think owners do overlook health of players because 162 games a lot. And then you add some playoff games on top of that. Then you're going to talk about they're going to make more money when the players want more money. 162 games is a lot. It's a ton. And I don't think they'll ever back down from that because they want to make the money. Same with the NFL, and they went to 17 games. That's a lot on a player's body, especially when they're playing in college. Then they try to play 17 NFL games, but owners looked at it and said, you know what? Money, 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 money talks. So let's just not be so quick to say it's the owner's fault. It's still the player's fault. But until then, now my last thing, one of my last things here, people, I've already seen it. I'm going to boycott, and I watched a podcast where they said they're going to boycott the MLB. Great. That's actually a good idea. You want to talk about hurting the players to really get something done. You want to talk about hurting the owners to get something done. And then don't watch it when it comes back on. It's a good idea. But here's what I'm going to tell you right now. People are already saying they're not going to watch it. I bet everything, as soon as, as, soon as Major League Baseball comes to a, a deal, you're going to have it on the TV. I guarantee it. You know, people say they were going to boycott Nike and people bought Nike stuff. People, you know, and now I haven't. I honestly don't think I have bought anything Nike. I think I bought Under Armour shoes instead. Even, But I didn't sit there and say I was going to boycott Nike either. People say they're not going to watch MLB games. You're going to watch them. Somebody at work's going to have tickets to give away or cheap tickets to go to a game and you're going to go. Uh, sports, well, there's no sports on TV in the summer besides baseball. Well, I'm going to put on a baseball game. It's going to be on in the background. Doesn't matter if it's on and just in the background, you're not watching it. It's on the TV. It's it's there. You are going to watch baseball. So quit saying you're not. Quit saying you're not. But until we get there, try to watch some college baseball. It's, it's hard to find on TV, but let's watch some college baseball. But don't be so quick to main players or the owners. It's players' fault too. Players' fault too. Um well, that wraps up another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Again, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to an audio form, follow it, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Like you can do on Apple, you can rate it, leave it a star review, everything like that. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Uh, we got to grow the show so I can start doing giveaways and stuff. I do want to do a t-shirt giveaway. I'm going to try to work that in. So hopefully you guys listening, pay attention to that. Check out, I'm going to try to do weekly episodes again. So we're going to try to do that. I'm a baseball coach now. So we're going to see how well that goes. Um, thank you guys so much for watching or listening. Um, you know, check out all the other episodes. I was doing a throwback Thursday, a little bit of a flashback Friday too, of like other stuff. So go check out all that, uh, all that stuff out. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching. This is coach Steve, another episode of the coach Steve show podcast. And just like LeBron James, we are out of here.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.